Hey mama, stop what you're doing right now and join my birth classes. It is open enrollment and it's a special one because we have added some extra new bonuses just for you. And hint, hint, don't forget that insurance may reimburse you and you can also use your HSA or your FSA to pay for birth classes. So it's a no brainer. If you join this week, you're gonna get not only a huge discount by using the code BIRTHQUEEN, all in caps, cause you know you are, but you're also going to get six or seven bonuses. Bonus number one, you're gonna get 30 days free in my mama membership, which is where all the magic is happening. After 30 days, you can leave us if you want, boo hoo. Or you can stay with us for 19 a month. And some of my mamas stay with me for years, if that tells you anything. You're also gonna get bonus number two, which is my newborn academy, bonus three, the birth coach class, bonus four, the postpartum recovery roadmap class, along with some other bonuses. And if you join by Friday night at midnight, you're gonna get my birthing waves, which is a brand new course and it's guided meditations for labor and beyond. Brand spanky new and I'm so excited to welcome you in. Don't forget, we hang out with all of our students every Wednesday. We have a pregnancy hangout via Zoom where you get to see my face and my doulas every single Wednesday. I'll see you on the inside. Go to labornursemama.com forward slash the word calm, C-A-L-M, labornursemama.com forward slash calm. I'll see you on the inside. My name is Trish Ware, and I am obsessed with all things pregnancy and birth and helping you to navigate both the practical and the magical seasons of this journey called motherhood. I'm an all-day coffee-sipping mama of seven. I've had the amazing privilege of delivering many babies in my 15-plus year career as a labor and delivery nurse and as a mama of seven. I'm here to help you take the guesswork out of childbirth so you can make the choices that are right for you and your baby. Quick note, this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not replace your medical advice. Check out our full disclaimer at the bottom of the show notes. Good morning, everyone. I am so excited about today's topic. We are going to be talking about something that you might not know is valuable right now, but I hope by the end of this episode, you are going to realize exactly how valuable postpartum doulas are. So today, I have Jody from Hip to Heart, and I'm going to let you tell who you are and what you do. <laughs> All right, perfect. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. So my name is Jody Congman, and I own Hip to Heart, which is a Boston area birth and postpartum doula agency. And I'm also a postpartum doula and lactation educator trainer for Kappa. Um, and one of the things that I specialize in addition to those things, so those are my, you know, kind of two main things. And then I, I have some business courses for doulas. So kind of I teach the care piece in my doula trainings, and then I kind of take it a step further and make sure they have, you know, all of the knowledge for building their business. Oh, I love that so much because I have several questions that I wrote down for you today because when I was having my babies, even Grayson, who's eight years old, I think that postpartum doulas weren't a thing. Well, maybe they were, but more so on the West Coast, but definitely not on the East Coast, I don't believe. 
And we're always so behind, it seems, when it comes to OB or maternity care or all of that. So I just want to dive in. But before we do, I want to give everyone a heads up <laughs> that both Jody and I have children day. at home today. <laughs> Jody is having a snow day and and I have recently started homeschooling again. So Grayson is not understanding what classifies as an emergency versus I need it right now type of thing. So if we're interrupted or you hear children in the background, hashtag mom business owner life. mom. Yes. So I want to ask you first, because we are the birth experience with Labor Nurse Mama, and I used to always ask my guests before we get started about how their birth experience played into their business life. And I'm really interested and want to know if you were a doula before you became a mama, or how did that come about? Like, how did your birth experiences play a part in your role of becoming a doula? Uh, So it played a huge part in it. So I was... 25 when I got pregnant with my first and went in and I felt I I was always like so maternal as a child. Like I always knew that I wanted to be a mom. Like that was my, you know, when I grow up, I'm going to be a mom and whatever else. So I just kind of went in with the attitude, like what will happen will happen. Like I feel so relaxed about it. Like I'm not nervous and ended up having a 42 week induction. I had like the best pregnancy. I loved being pregnant. I enjoyed every second of it, but I didn't know what I didn't know. So I went in for a 42 week induction, learning later that my mother went to 43 weeks. So my middle one was 43 weeks and my second was 42. So we're just long gestators. And I had like a two day induction. I mean, it was, it was fine. It was beautiful. I, didn't know what I didn't know, like I said. So I came out of it being like, okay, like I did not feel at all supported. Like it was, it was fine. It was beautiful. Cause I, I, I made it that experience, but you know, they kind of send you home and they're like, goodbye, good luck. And then I was like, okay, there's so much, there's so much left here to like trial and error. And, and it, and it wasn't because I didn't, you know, do all the research first that that's not why I felt like I kind of was just like, left to to figure it out. My mother died when I was younger and I really kind of missed that piece of support. I, you know, I, I recognize that. But also like I felt like there should be some expertise, someone who comes to the house and someone who kind of just, you know, teaches you like not even like the logistics, but some time management. I mean, just, you know, some organization like that kind of stuff and how to get up and get out and of course, I needed some breastfeeding stuff. And after that, I went back to my corporate job and got laid off. And I was like, I never, ever, ever want to go back to work again. I felt like super pulled into, you know, being the person who comes to your house. And I didn't know what it was. And I I didn't know there was a postpartum doula thing. I went back to school for nursing and realized very quickly, I didn't want the clinical piece of it. I wanted the mental and emotional and relationship and social piece. And Googled and flew down to North Carolina, took a postpartum doula training and literally dove in head first. And my oldest one is going to be 16 soon. So it like just propelled me. It like opened my eyes to something that was such a needed service, but I actually didn't know at the time just how needed it was. I really didn't know about maternal mental health. And, you know, as the years went on and as I continued to be a postpartum doula, I did some birth doula work. I really, you know, kind of dove into maternal mental health and postpartum depression and anxiety. I took some lactation courses some childbirth ed courses and kind of really just 
opened like it, I opened this, you know, sort of one stop shop for new parents, really focusing on postpartum because I realized just my lifestyle is not the on call lifestyle. I like to go to bed and know that I'm going to get a solid eight hours. Like I'm not, I don't like to be, you know, kind of the unknown. And with kids, it's hard too. But I realized very quickly that here in the United States, we do not have a village. We do not live five minutes away from our mothers, grandmothers, aunts, sisters. Like we go to college and we don't come home. And all of my clients were, you know, had little to no support, whether their families were across the world, you know, just across the country, or we have a lot of older clients and their parents are older and they're just not able to dive in and, and be that, you know, quote unquote doula. So we, I mean, especially now post pandemic, and we really didn't slow down that much. I mean, during the pandemic, there was a little bit of time where people were doing some virtual care, but we just, I mean, we kept going because it's such a needed service. And, you know, through years of reflecting on my hospital birth and learning a ton. My last two were born at home. So I had my second and third daughters. I have three daughters. The last two were incredible, incredible home births. Like, I I mean, they couldn't have been any better. And, you know, I don't get to, I don't get to talk about it a lot. I don't get to tell my stories a lot because I had three very different, but beautiful experiences. They were so positive. So like I, I'm still empowered by them, but there's, there's not a lot of, There's not a lot of good stories. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I love home birth. I'm so excited about that. We're going to have to get back together and talk about your home births. My labor and delivery nurse, her name was Laura Berry. So same for me. My son is 32, just so you know. And oh, my gosh, she changed the course of my life. I had EM when I was very, very young. And it's just amazing what we can do in the role, the role we play in these new mama's lives. So that's just a side note. All right. So can you tell everyone what is a postpartum doula and what type of services does a postpartum doula provide? Of course. So a postpartum doula, really our our focus is mothering the mother or, you know, parenting the parent. We really do focus on prioritizing the birth parent. So the mom, you know, making sure she is or they are, you know, feeling good emotionally and mentally and physically healing. Because if they're not on their A game, you know, if they're unraveling, everything else is unraveling. So that is the most important part. And we really do focus on the big picture. So we focus on parents, other children, household stuff, obviously the baby, but really, really it's, it's, it's mothering the mother. It's the big picture. A lot of postpartum doulas, you know, are really well versed in lactation. So it's a lot of breastfeeding, you know, a lot of time management and organization and really, you know, for first time parents answering those questions in real time, the first, you know, everything pops up the, for the first time, working on sleep and soothing and talking about swaddling and even nail cutting and cord care, like the nitty gritty stuff. But really setting them up for this like as seamless as possible transition from, you know, just being people to being parents, a new family, and whether it's their first or it's their fifth. Um, we have just started in my business having our three peats. So we've had been, now we're working with a family for the third time. Um, so it really is, you know, like the village, we we come in and we are that village for people who don't have that. And it is really common in the United States for people not to have a village. You know, a lot of people move a lot. They don't stay put like they used to. In a lot of other countries, you live in a very close proximity to 
your grandparents and your parents and your aunts and your sisters and everyone jumps in immediately when you have a baby, whether it's, you know, holding the baby or doing the cooking or doing the cleaning. So you don't have to do anything. And here we're like expected to be like superwoman, jump back into things, get everything, you know, taken care of. Like we didn't even skip a beat and we don't get the time or the space for the, the self-care. And like I said before, you know, as a postpartum doula, we really prioritize the mom. That's important because when she's good, everything's good. When she's not good, nothing is going well. No, that's so true. And I'm I'm just thinking of several of my mamas in my pregnancy and postpartum membership called Mama Society. We just recently added a postpartum aspect to it. And I hate to say it as an afterthought because, you know, for me, my focus is definitely birth, Mm -hmm. but it was a selfish thought because I love my girls so much. We do weekly hangouts with our pregnant mamas, and some of these girls have been hanging out with me from preconception, so that's a long time. In November, October, we added a postpartum hangout every other week. And it has become so precious to my entire team. It's so important. It's so important. So while you're talking, I'm Mm -hmm. picturing some of my mamas like Kayla and Quincy and Cassie and Emily. and And I'm just picturing them and thinking, I wish I could hire a postpartum doula for all of them because they've had a really hard time. And... I would love to be able to bless them. I think it's such a gift. So now can you tell me what is the difference between a postpartum doula and a baby care person or is there even a difference? Um, yep. Yep. So like uh, there there are people who come in and they focus just on the baby. So a lot of times it's overnight care where they are letting you know the parents sleep and they are solely focused on the baby. And even if it's daytime care, they are really focused on the care of the baby, not necessarily about maternal mental health or breastfeeding. So they don't take a look at the big picture and how everything kind of fits together. And a lot of newborn care specialists are also postpartum doulas. So they call it like a hybrid. So they're trained in both. So they can be really versatile. They can either do newborn care, postpartum care, you know, a little bit of both. It's just, it's a difference on the focus. So a lot of, we get a lot of inquiries for like a a quote unquote baby nurse, which is a really outdated term because nobody's a nurse. So nobody can call themselves a nurse. So it's more for, you know, they, they want overnight newborn care or like a night nanny, they call it. And then I talked to them about what postpartum doulas do and they didn't realize there was more to it than just the baby. So they're pleasantly surprised and, you know, even more now looking to invest in a postpartum doula to help them transition with the new baby. I know you kind of touched base on the services that you provide and the courses you provide, but can you really quickly just tell us what type of training a postpartum doula has before she's licensed or is she certified? How does that work? Yep. Yep. So after your postpartum doula training, so it's classroom hours, you know, and if you're an RN, you get RN credit, you, you know, sit for however long and and they turn to virtual during COVID. And and now we're kind of back to a little bit of both. There is a certification process and I'm speaking on behalf of, you know, the organization that I trained for, Kappa, you, it's a two, you get two years to 
pursue this certification after. So it is, there's a long reading list. You have to sit in on breastfeeding courses. There is an exam. There is, you know, certain, you know, things like CPR you have to do. Do do some, you know, compare and contrasting for research papers. You have to work with families, so gain experience in the field. And then they have to you know, evaluate, you know, what you're doing. And then you also do a self-evaluation. You have to reach out to people in the community. So other certified professionals, and they have to give um, a reference for you as well. So, you know, you can do it in a few months. You can also take your time and do it in a few years. We have a lot of people transitioning from full-time work into doula work. So they sort of take their time before they make that leap into full-time doula work. But it, it can be, you know, it can be as short as a couple of months. So, you know, we have a lot of people who become postpartum doulas, they come from the nursing field, the nanny field, social workers, people with early education majors, daycare centers. So this is not their first experience with new families and newborns. So it's more of just a formality. But then we have some people who come kind of right out of college and they know this is what they want to do. They don't have kids yet. And that's a really beautiful thing too, because we know that they're not coming from experience. They're coming from a, pa- a place of passion. Oh, I love that. Um, so it's a, a, a big variety of people that are, are moving into postpartum doulas, but it is such, postpartum doulas are in such high demand right now that you take the training and you literally can be busy. I mean, from the get-go, there's no kind of get your feet wet period and, you know, kind of figure yourself out, you're in, which is incredible. And, and even now, I mean, we have 40 doulas birth and postpartum in my agency. And I'm still sometimes saying to to a potential client that I don't have availability. It's wild. So that leads into my next question, because one of the things I'm really passionate about for my people and my students is that they interview their providers. And we have a free list of questions that anyone can grab. And it's questions to ask your provider because a lot of times, especially a first-time mom, she doesn't know what it is she wants in her provider. So our list gives her some guiding questions to find a provider that fits with her. So I'm wondering if you could give me some examples that a new mom or a mom-to-be would ask when she's interviewing a postpartum doula. Sure. And, and you you hit it. You said it perfectly. You know, they don't know what they need and they don't know what to ask. So when I talk to potential clients, I absolutely lead the conversation. I have a whole list of questions that I, I ask them and there are these open-ended questions so they can start to like tell their story. And then I'm, you know, furiously writing down notes so I can match them. But really asking just about, you know, your postpartum doula's experience, why, you know, kind of what what journey led them to be a postpartum doula. And I find that to be a really important question because there's there's beauty in everyone's reason, but sometimes they find just a, a connection point. But, you know, I think there's, you know, some some benefit to getting references. So talking to other people that they've worked with and hearing their story, because then, you know, they they hear someone else's experience with you and they're like, I want that same experience. Like I want that same outcome. And I think just getting to talk to someone, you get a good feel for their personality. And, you know, my whole team is, is based on people that I've trained. So I know everyone's quality of care. I know everyone's scope of practice, but kind of like dating, it's personality match. This person is going to be next to you at like the most vulnerable, intimate time, whether it's birth or postpartum, when you can be at your highest high, but also at your lowest low, you know, you're naked sometimes. I mean, it's, 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 it is a very, very like 
solid connection that you need to have with someone because you want it to be, you know, you want to have that when you're there next to you. One of the questions that I also think is really important is just how they learn. I always kind of weave that to the conversation. We have some type A people, we have some very laid back people. So that helps me match in terms of, you know, our doulas, like, is a list going to be something that's helpful for them? Do they not want a list? Is that overwhelming? Can they say, you know, whatever happens tomorrow, I'll be fine with. So that really, the way they learn kind of, you know, their personality too helps me figure out who's who's a best match. Because for me, like my birth doula skills, I'm super warm, super like motherly. But my birth doula for my birth was like, you know, boot camp. I don't want anyone touching me. Like I needed someone the very opposite of me to 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 make me feel like calm. So it's good to know like what what someone, you know, how they would receive different, you know, scenarios and then you pick based on that because everyone's a different way. So for most people, they're going to be choosing between several postpartum doulas on their own. Because I would say you're a rare commodity, a doula agency where you help them choose a postpartum doula. One of the things we tell our students and our members inside of Calm Mama Society is to meet with these postpartum doulas in person via Zoom, however, but get to know their personality. You have to have a personality connection, in my opinion, when you choose whether a birth doula or a postpartum doula, because like you said, they're um, in your space, so it's your personal space, so (laughs) buyer beware, make sure that you connect. So if there's something that your mom instinct or just something inside of you is like, I don't really know if I like this person, even though they're overqualified and I know they will benefit me, I would say don't choose them. They're probably not good for you. Just don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And I always say that. I'll say you you will know and you will come out saying, you know what? They seem like a really nice person, but just not the person for me. Um, and for everyone out there who might think they're looking for a doula or trying to figure out if a doula is right for them, ask your friends, ask your coworkers, ask your, your Facebook moms group, ask, you know, people like in any, you know, membership that you're in that has to do with like the perinatal period, ask for recommendations, ask for someone else's experience because birth and postpartum care is not something that you necessarily like find in a magazine or Google. You want someone who has had an experience with this person, right? Because it's so personal. So the best, I mean, all of, most of, you know, the doula businesses are built on word of mouth and that's for a reason because it is such, like you said, an intimate relationship. So you want someone else who's worked with them or just other people's experiences to help you, you know, find that perfect person. So that leads me into the next part of what I want to talk about, because I am sure there's a lot of moms who are listening who are like, hell yeah, I would love to do this. This is amazing. (laughs) But how much does it cost? So can you give us an idea financially what a postpartum doula would cost? So yes, it's, I mean, it really depends where you are. I'm in the Boston area. Things tend to be, you know, a little bit higher here. I would say and this is a big swing, anywhere between $30 and $60 an hour for, you know, a single baby. It depends on, you know, who you're choosing. It depends on, you know, the area you're in. It is most definitely an investment. It is starting to be covered by insurance at this point. It's more like, you know, Medicaid or, you know, California's Medi-Cal, those type of insurances, which aren't reimbursing what your doula is worth. So that is, you know, kind of leaving a lot of people in flux right now. Some of the private insurance agencies are are 
starting to, you know, present what their coverage is going to be, but they're still at a point where they don't really understand the value of it. They don't understand the purpose of it also. So it's, it's a, it's, it's a bit of time away from it being just like some generic coverage where everyone gets coverage because everyone knows what a doula is. So it is definitely investment An investment. I will say that it's an investment that is worth it. I mean, there's no question to have that support and start your parenting off in a way that you feel confident, you feel empowered to make good decisions. You don't have to do it alone. Even when we're not next to you, you can text, you can FaceTime. If you're having a a breastfeeding issue, you take your phone and, you know, we FaceTime and I can see what the latch looks like. And and it doesn't have to be this long, formal, you know, four hour period where I'm with you. If you want to FaceTime for 20 minutes, we can do that. So it's this this continuity of care that even when I'm not next to you, you have someone to reach out to. And we know that, you know, when you feel like you have no one, your anxiety is through the roof. When you, when you know you have someone to reach out to, you don't even necessarily have to reach out because you feel much more relaxed that you, you have someone if you need it, but it definitely, it definitely is an investment and it's, it's worth it. If you think about, you know, what you're spending money on in other places in your life that are, you know, maybe you could cut other places and and focus here. It's definitely worth it because it sets you up for, for a lifetime. I mean, parenting is a long time. You know, my kids are five, six and 15 and everyone's in a different place. And, you know, Trish, you said you have someone in their thirties, you're still parenting them. (laughs) Like you're, they're not, they're not away. So you want to set yourself up for success and start on a really positive note because it's not just the physical piece, it's not just the logistics of parenting, it's your emotional health, your mental health, and, and that that stays with you. Your birth and postpartum experience stays with you for a long, long time. I love that because my next question was, does insurance cover postpartum doulas? We've talked about that, but one thing I was going to throw out there to my mamas is that I say this about your birth classes as well. When you're having a baby shower or you're thinking about the things you want add a gift card option or somewhere that people can add funds to help pay for your birth class, to help pay for your postpartum doula, to help pay for a doula. Meals are fantastic. Diapers are great. All the baby care items are great. But you are so important and it's important to invest into you. You have to have all those things, but your mental health, your future mental health is very important. We have a lot of grandparents that are paying, like they're, they don't necessarily know what their, you know, grandchildren need and they can't wait to be grandparents. And so they're purchasing hours of postpartum care, um, especially, you know, parents that were going to travel and stay with them and, you know, they ended up not. Um, so it's so great that, you know, it's kind of like a registry. You can register for like postpartum hours um, or packages or whatever, but parents who, you know, can't be there. It's like the greatest thing ever because, you know, they know now that their children are going to be taken care of and their grandchildren are taken care of and they can kind of, you know, breathe a sigh of relief that even if they can't be there, they know someone is there to support and care for them. I love this topic because I am so passionate about mom's self-care. And like you said, if you invest in yourself and in your physical, your mental health, this is something we tell all of our girls in Calm Mama Society 
Um, and I love that you said it, just having someone that you can talk to, someone who listens, someone who's there can make all the difference in the world. And that's exactly why we created our pregnancy and postpartum membership community. We give them virtual support mm-hmm. because if we have a student who has bought the birth class and also a member in our membership, she gets what we call our labor bat signal. And our labor bat signal is a direct like group chat with me and my team doulas and the mama from 37 weeks to six weeks postpartum. And when you said that, I was like, damn, we're on the right track because these moms can get in there and say things to us that they might not necessarily say to the people in their real life. Right. And I like that about a postpartum doula as well because she's a safe space for mom. Yes. And she's a safe, educated space. And, and you know, there are definitely, we see a lot of postpartum clients that have had traumatic births and need to talk about it and need someone to listen and need to work it out before they start parenting. And with the best of intentions, you know, your friends and your family don't always say the right things. And, you know, an everyday example is a cesarean birth, right? Trish and I could have had the same labor, same outcome, which was a cesarean birth. You know, she walks away and she's like, okay, like I'm a little sore, but I have a beautiful baby and now I'm going home and I'm traumatized. I'm, I am I am now home and experiencing trauma. We have the same experience, but trauma is so subject to the person experiencing it. And your doula is the person that really understands why you might hold on to that and helps you work through it. Whereas the rest of your friends and family with the best of intentions and the biggest hearts might say, you know, why are you upset? You have a beautiful baby in your arms. Like, you know, we need to move on now. And, 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 and like I said, it comes from a place of, of love, but it's not helpful. And your doula gets it and your doula understands. And even partners, a lot of partners, if they can't see something like physically see a problem, they don't see a problem. But a lot of the postpartum time is hormonal and it's mental and emotional, and it's not something you can see. So if your partner's not a doula or if they're not trained in like perinatal health, how on earth would we expect them to be helpful? Cause they don't see, you know, air quotes, see the problem. So your doula also bridges that with the partner and kind of helps them understand, you know, what's happening, the things they can't see. And it really facilitates some good communication. So that was the question I was trying to remember. Yeah. How does a postpartum doula support the partner or the father, the baby or the other parent? We care for the whole family. We make sure that the partner, the dad, whoever it is, gets in there like ASAP, rolls their sleeves up, and really becomes an educated, confident parent. So then they're empowered to jump in at any time. And I mean, if you don't get that partner in from the get-go, they become the person that holds the baby when the mom pees. It's so easy to get into that where the mom does it the fastest, the best, the easiest. So then she's always doing all the stuff, right? And we forget sometimes that, you know, the person who works outside of the house, they're missing everything. Sometimes I'm like, oh my God, you're so lucky. You get to go to work, like where it's quiet. You get to have a lunch break. You could probably nap if you wanted to. And I'm home all day with the baby, but they miss everything too. So to get them really in parenting, like all the things, obviously except breastfeeding, from the very beginning makes it really easy for them to jump in anytime. And, you know, we create different scenarios, you know, when the person who works outside of the house, when they come home at six o'clock, what does that look like? Who's responsible for baby? Who's making dinner? Who's relaxing? So we make sure all of those things are set up for success. So there's no animosity. 
And because we've already like talked about those scenarios and laughed about them, when they actually happen, it's much lighter. You know, the mom feels like she can say, you know what, I know you want to go out after work, but tonight, could you just come home and maybe can you go out next week? Whereas, you know, most of us are like, yeah, yeah, of course, go out. You do you. And then we're home, we're angry and they come home and it's like a knockdown drag out fight. So we make sure communication is like, first and foremost, very important, but that they're, that they feel like they're, you know, as equal as they can be. We know it's not ever 50-50, but as close to 50 as it can be, that other parent, you know, is right in there. Yeah, I love that so much. And I was trying to remember the episode that I did. It was with a therapist or a mom counselor, and she was talking about learning to accept the imperfect help. And when you were talking, I was thinking about that when you were saying like we do it best and we know how we can do it and we have a hard time, you know, asking for help. Because a lot of times as a mom, it's so hard to hand off tasks Mm -hmm. because of those things. And if I can say anything to you listening, new moms, young moms, whether your children are really young or you're about to have your first, is to learn to accept imperfect help. Mm -hmm. Because the more you critique, the more you judge the people who are helping you or try to correct them, the less likely they are to help you. And for your partner and for the other parent, In this scenario, their confidence is being built. So it's okay if they do it a little different than you. It's okay if they do it slower. Take the help. Praise them. Don't critique them. You know, unless they're doing something unsafe with the baby. Right, right. And that's hard. That's hard. I mean, you know, you want things done the way you want them done. And, you know, you, you just have to, like, kind of put your blinders on and be like, you do it the way you want to do it. I'm appreciative of everything you do. But that takes a minute, That especially if you're, I mean, a, a lot of women are like, no, I got it. I got it. And I'm the same way. I had one of my students as a postpartum doula for my second one. And I was like, you know, let me make you lunch. And she's like, like, what? She's like, sit down. I will make you lunch. But we just, we want to get up and do like, that's just our nature. So you have to be comfortable. We say, Five days, I mean, and this is unrealistic if it's not your first baby, and you don't have like postpartum support, five days in your bed, five days on your bed, five days around your bed. And all of of those 15 days are letting people wait on you. You do not get yourself any water. You do not even think about doing anything except showering, going to the bathroom, and taking care of the baby. Meals are done for you. I mean, and this is in in an ideal world, but five days in your bed, five days on your bed, five days around your bed. Oh, I love that. All of those things. I love it. I'm writing it down. And if it's like your, if it's not your first baby, we cut it down to three. But ideally we want, you know, at least two weeks. I mean, and that feels like not even enough time, but for you to be just, you are off limits for doing anything but the the very, very, very necessity, shower, go to the bathroom, brush your teeth because no one's doing that for you. Everything else anyone can do for you. I just remembered we had a workshop inside of the community. That's where we talked about accepting imperfect help. We do weekly workshops, expert workshops inside of our community. So that was what mom brain all the way. So before we end this episode, that leads me into another question and something that we talk about a lot with our mamas inside of our membership is setting boundaries. With the postpartum doula's help, does that also include helping you navigate boundaries around visitors or people who are coming over? Because one of the things we help our new mamas is that they're not coming to just sit around and hold the baby, let them help. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. So we do a variety of like bouncer style, you know, help. 
if the grandparents are there, you know, we are able to kind of figure out with the mom ahead of time, you know, what are good tasks for them, you know, figure out the relationship. If it's a great one that, you know, grandma is going to be right there. If it's like not a great one, you know, other things they can do, but really making sure that, you know, our clients have the words to say, we want you to see the baby. We want to have you over. However, we are taking this time without visitors. A wonderful thing to do is have visiting hours. Tuesday from 5 to 7, anyone who wants to come over, you can come over. Your doula is usually there. That way, mom's up. She's showered. She's ready. I can provide snacks and drinks. But there's no chance someone's going to stop by when she's just about to take a nap or just about to do something with the baby. So anyone can come over. You know, she's prepared. Maybe she's wearing the baby. So people are, you know, keeping her company, but they're not necessarily like touching or wanting to hold. I mean, there's so many different ways we can do it depending on, you know, parents' comfort level. But yeah, we definitely talk a lot about visitor boundaries and, you know, when someone has visitors drop a meal off. Do not bring a burp cloth. Do not bring like a onesie. We don't need any more of those things. What's helpful now is food or gift cards for food or, and your doula does a lot of meal prep and or could do shopping or cooking. And we can set up a meal train too. If a lot of, you know, girlfriends want to set something up, we can help facilitate that. Okay. So I'm eight years postpartum with Grayson. Is it too late to have a postpartum doula? Because I would really love some meal prepping. Like, oh my gosh, please go grocery shopping for me. I love no. it. Nope. So we would just call it like a, a life doula. If we could have like one thing that like, you know, is a solid in the house besides someone who cleans, someone who cooks, just come over at like 3pm, do the meal prep, do the dinner, and I'll see you tomorrow. Like, I don't need help with anything else. I just want some. And I went to culinary school. Like, I love to cook. I love but I love to do it on my own time. I don't want to do it every night for dinner. <laughs> Yeah, so when you're hiring a doula, look for one that has a history that went to culinary school like Jody. Yes, I love, love cooking for clients. And it's so, we underestimate like the power of nourishment. I mean, that is so important. I mean, postpartum, yes, but in everyday life, yes. But postpartum nourishment is, I mean, you are what you eat. So you eat well, you feel well. And, and we know the specific ingredients and, you know, different vegetables and vitamins and minerals and, and things that you need for breastfeeding and just for overall healing and care. We have, you know, quite a few clients who follow the Chinese confinement and they have a whole set of rules with food and food temperature and different things that help with, you know, different things, you know, different healing. So it's wild and it's wonderful. And it's so eye-opening that food, you know, let food be thy medicine. I can't remember who said that. Someone did, but it's true. It's true. I love that because there's so much power in a meal and it's not just the food is nourishment. It's the whole experience. That's what I say about my coffee in the morning. Like it's not just the coffee. Honestly, it's the whole experience. It's the warm yeah, cup. Like I like a real cup. I don't like a fake cup. I'm a real cup type of girl. It's the whole experience. So I love that. And for those of you guys listening, yeah. meal trains are fantastic. There's a lot of meal services. I'll link to them in the show notes. If you're a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle, some family member who's listening and your family member is having a baby, this is a valuable way that you can support mom, throw some money into a postpartum doula, into a meal train, into their birth classes. It's a valuable resource or a gift that you can provide besides helping to come over and hold the baby. If you do go over to visit, do a load of laundry, clean the bathroom, restock your postpartum essentials kit, whatever, but don't just come over and sit and hold the baby. All right, Jody. 
I am so excited about you coming here today. This episode is going to be so powerful. And for those of you guys listening, I just, a little face just peeked around Jody. I'm loving it. While we've been recording, I've seen her do the mom eyes, like, don't come in here, don't talk. So let my listeners know where they can find you. I know you're in the Boston area, but let them know where they can find you online. Yep. HipToHeart.com um, is my website and it's for parents and for professionals. So there's two parts to it. I'm Hip to Heart on Instagram, Hip to Heart on Facebook, everywhere. YouTube, Hip to Heart. So you really can find me anywhere and it's pretty easy to remember. I love it. Thank you so much for being on today. You are so welcome. Thank you for having me. What a powerful episode about choosing your postpartum doula, how a postpartum doula can help you navigate those early days as a new mom. Hit subscribe, leave a review, and as always, I will see you again next Friday. Bye for now.